Welcome, this is Eric Roberts with Worship Band Builder, and today this is a live segment from Propel 2011 where I'm talking about band types and rotation. These are two very key elements of building a successful long-term worship ministry that doesn't cause you a ton of stress and actually gives you a great amount of success. So we're going to be talking about how to put together a band, even if it's just a simple drums, bass, and acoustic, and then how to rotate those bands and create some sort of schedule that will make it easy for you to succeed in worship ministry. Let's listen in. You guys, when you're building a new band, you have to really know what you're looking for, what the sound you want. And when, when I go back to that page, it's on page number 27, I guess it's just right the page right back. It kind of shows you if you have a drum, bass, and acoustic player, then you're going to have a pretty clean sound. It's going to be very easy to follow and improvise. It's going to be easy to listen to at a moderate volume. Easy to mix, simple to simple and intimate. So just an acoustic, a bass, and a drum is a pretty easy, there's not a lot of frills there because there's not all that extra stuff, but it's easy to mix. If you're struggling and your church is smaller and you don't have a lot of musicians, that's a good setup. An acoustic, a bass, and a drum. And you can, it's an intimate setting. You can do hymns, you can do a wide variety of songs with just that and a few singers, okay? So if you, if you wanna get crazier and you want the, like we have up here, we have kind of that setup, but we add an electric and an organ. And you can hear what that sounds like in this room. It's uh, our drum set. We've we really it's, uh, made it really small today because we knew the room was small. He usually has more drums, but see, I, I simplified that because I knew it was going to be a problem for sound. So that didn't like blow your head off. I hope. <clears throat> and. But you kind of have to, even in your instrumentation, what do I want to do in this small room? You might, this is probably overkill, but it's okay. But in, if you had a worship band in a church this size, you might, this is a simple enough setup. But that's what this page number 27 is. It, it's, it's all about, you know, what you're going to have. And then when you put that together, what does that mean? I know when you try to put two electric guitars together, it creates a, an enormous problem. If you don't have two very skilled electric guitar players, it's just a big mess. So you got an electric one has to work with electric two to create a balance of rhythm and atmosphere. So one guy might be playing little dee 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 dee, the other guy's playing down low, okay? And I might show you some of that stuff in our next session, but just think through what you have now and then what you want, and then write that down on that thing. This would be a good thing for you to kind of reflect on today. And so what do you have, what you want, and then what you're missing. So if you're thinking, well, I'm missing, you know, a whole bunch of guitars or I'm missing what it, and it can be. I'm missing a sound system that's good enough or I'm missing a subwoofer. Um, you can tell this room had a sub, but it wasn't a big sub. So if you're going to have a really bass driven band and do modern worship, you really need a good low sub that you can thump. You know, I like to feel the bass drum like hit my chest, not like break my eardrums, but I like to feel the air move. You know, like I like to feel it, mm, 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 you know. So if you want if you want that kind of sound, you want to make sure, OK, I have a sound system that can produce like a thumping bass drum and a bass amp and stuff. So what are you missing? Just write that down, take a few minutes. We'll, I'm kind of picking up just some of the minor stuff, but you can, you can do that at home too. But when you, when you find out what you want and you start to skill batch the people you have on your current team and put them into teams, then you actually can create a schedule, like on page 29, I have um, a little basic schedule I used to use and it just says, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to schedule. You can look at those and figure those out. I'll tell you what my favorite one is. Turn over to 33. Now, 
all those schedules before. Greg, you can have a book. There's one right out on the table at the very end of the table. It's got red. Sorry, buddy. There's a bunch of them. There's a box too in the corner. There's like there's a whole bunch. So what happened is um, Greg got a book for all of you watching. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing. You missed it. It should have been here. Uh, so we, I go from page 29 to page 30, and this is band schedule, say band schedule 1, example 1, band schedule example 2, band schedule example 3, and those look pretty awesome. You know, I mean, that's like a lot of stuff that looks intimidating to me. Here's my favorite one, though. Band example, team streamlined, example 4. Look at that. That's easy. There's like one thing. It's, it, you don't have, here's the thing. You can go from all of this scheduling, worship leader, drums, bass, acoustic, electric vocals, all this stuff, and all that, and you can simplify. Once you put my system in place and you have teams rotating instead of people rotating, you can just say Team Erod, Team Blue, Team Red, Team whatever you want to call them. My team was called Erod at one place. Okay, so you can just say that team, and that team is linked to a whole group of people that know they're coming that Sunday. And then if you look, uh, there's another place on that page 32 that that's the list of teams. It says, here's the team. Team Erod is me and a few other people. And then when I put them on, I usually try to rotate a, a, a tech member with the team too. You can team up a tech team with the, the, the worship team. So they always have the same sound guy. So he gets to know what they're going to do and how they're going to do, and he comes to their practices. And becomes like a really good worship team uh, member. So, but if if you're not to the full team rotation, I would suggest using page 31, which is example number three. Something basic like that, where you actually you can call the bands a name, but then you list who's in it, you know, and you're kind of building that team up. These are all downloadable templates on my website, so you can go there, you can log on, you can download these templates, and erase my name and put your name there. This is also a great way to build teams and vision because then you go, okay, I'm, I've got three teams or one or two. I would start with one and then build the two and then build it. You know, it's not like you want like a bunch of teams. You just want enough to fill your schedule. But when you have a schedule like thirty, uh, example three, you have enough empty. You can fill in the empty blanks as you go. You can vision who would be in those spots and who would fill those up. And when you get your teams really streamlined and really following you strongly, you just pop over to a simple example four where you're calling it one, one calendar and just rotate them. Now, the beauty of this system is you can start rotating your teams like every, like Erod would play one and two, Wild Jam would play three, Speed would pay, play four, and do that every month. So now you don't have to really, and, and don't let them know that that's their month. Don't say you're going to play every third Sunday. But just do that. You don't want them to be like pigeonholed into one week. But you don't have to sit there and say, like, what, who's going to fill all these spots? You just go team, 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 team. Here's a schedule. Okay? That's what I was trying to speed through in the last session that I wanted to get to. Is when you're scheduling like I'm doing, you can spend like 20 minutes for like three months. Now, before I did this... I could spend 20 minutes a week or a day trying to figure out who's going to play hour on the phone. This person calls me. I can't play. i got to call him. Gotta do... Now I just say, these teams. And then when the team member says, I'll be out of town for a wedding on that day, that team member, this is an important part, will find his own replacement. And he will call you and say, I'm replacing so-and-so. Thank you. Goodbye. You don't chase them around. They know they're on Team Blue. And if they can't play on Blue's week, they find a replacement, not you. 
I've done it both ways. And when I'm finding replacements for everybody, then I'm frustrated most of the time and I can't get people to. So what I would have is I'd have a few drummers and sometimes I wouldn't even know and another one would just show up and he'd say, oh yeah, so-and-so told me I was gonna, he was out of town, so I didn't have to worry about it. I said, okay, great, you're, you're the drummer. Now, when you're building these multiple rotating teams, you don't, you can have, um, I can have like the drummer of blue playing with red. It doesn't matter. It's not like you're gonna pigeonhole them to just that team. So you wanna, you're, you're, you're gonna build a synergy with the teams by having events and training that they're all at and they all feel like, and they're kinda um, cheering each other on. Yeah, you guys sounded great. And the other team might go, yeah, well, this week I was here and the bass was sound a little weird. And then they can, you know, your teams are gonna help each other even though they're not gonna be like playing every week together or rotating around. Um, one thing that's good about this is in my last church, I had a guy who played bass like for like ever, you know, and it was Paul, he was here. He was the only bass player for a long time. He was, he was, he's really a solid part of the team, but there was no other bass player. So when he was out, I was scrambling like big time trying to find anybody that could just play the bass for that week. So when we introduced this team method, Paul actually started taking a week off a month and he started going like, wow, this is great. I, I can bring my grandkids to church, drive with my wife. And what it did for Paul, and, and then it allowed this spot for this other guy to start to play. Now we had two bass players. And then Paul didn't feel like he was the only guy that could ever play the bass. It took the burden off of him. And it also, to me, it puts perspective upon that team member. I'm a part of a bigger team. I'm not the team. I'm not the guy. I'm a part of a bigger team. And that's something that you can't really pay. You can never buy that. And it's priceless when... when when a guy that's been playing like that long can go, oh, I mean, I can take a week off. And, you know, instead of feeling like I have to do this every week. And then I think for, they lose perspective. They really do lose perspective. Like they think it's all, I'm not saying Paul thought it was all about him, but it was all about Paul. I mean, if he wasn't there, it didn't happen. That's an unhealthy thing to create in your team. And it wasn't, Paul would never create that himself, but because that's the way the team was built, that's what we um, kind of built into Paul. Hey, Paul, you're the only guy that can do this, so it's all about you. And if you're not here, we're all in trouble. And so he, he um, was able to be free. He was able to have family time, bring his grandkids to church, and still be like, man, I'm on a great worship team. And, I, and then he was able to train the other guy that came in. Here's how I do it. Here's my bass. You can borrow it, whatever. You know, you create a weird synergy of team uh, team when you do this. It's really uh, kind of cool. So you can have multiple rotating teams. You can have uh, scheduling for your whole quarter done in 20 minutes and you have no stress. I mean, I don't even know uh, how this could be possible after all the years of struggling that I've done. <laughs> so um, on page number 30 on example two, you can see that in this uh, example, I was doing about a month out with my scheduling and I actually have my song list detail on the right side. So they saw who was playing they saw who my technical presentation director was, my sound guy, my video guy. <clears throat> okay, then they see what color they're supposed to wear because I was really color coordinated at one point. And then you also see the songs that we're playing. And so that's pretty good. If you can do that, that's pretty good. It's really far in advance. But let me show you how to do that in 20 minutes. Could you believe that you could make a four-month worship schedule of songs in one afternoon? Turn to page 34. <laughs> Planning ahead for song sets. So 
This is pretty insane. This is not something that I'd say, you know, go home and try this at home. Be careful, work yourself into this, maybe start a month at a time. But after I did this method for a while, I was able to go about three to four months out and pretty much nail it down. Um, and the reason I do this following up with Emily's song catalog is because I had a catalog of songs. I knew what I was gonna play. I knew what my bands were capable of. I knew what teams were gonna be on because my scheduling was pretty simple. So I went in here and did a four month planning. It's a little hard to read that, but you can see that every month I was introducing one new song. So December I was introducing one new song. So that's it, there's no, there's no mystery. It's one new song. I picked it off my CD that I had given them, um, going back from what Emily was saying. And then I would play that song every week for the whole month, probably usually. I'd play it three times at least. So I'd do, start plugging in that song. And then I'd plug it in a little bit in January and plug it in a little bit in February. I'm indoctrinating my congregation into songs. And then I'd go back and I'd say, okay, I want to play this song. And I'd do a fast, a fast, and I'd just start plugging them in. I really like this song, I Will Boast. Plug it in there, 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 there. That'll be my opener. And then pretty soon after about a half hour, I'd have almost four months of songs for my worship band. It's kind of crazy because it's a lot, it's a lot to plan and think ahead that far. And I, like I said, four months is a long time. But it, by the time I got to March, I was probably in a different mood and I'd, I'd change it maybe. You know? A couple months out is, is comfortable for me. After four months, sometimes you, you, just get, you just change your mind. And that's okay too. But the idea that you've already got, what if you get really busy in the fourth month? You've already got something sketched out. Did you have a question? Let's. Let's save all the questions till the end. Just jot them down in question and answer, because I've, I've got a lot to say, and, I, and I'm gonna, just gonna, we're gonna have a, about 45 minutes at the end, and I want that to be fun. So just write that down. So guys, I know worship leaders, we're supposed to hear, we're, we're hearing God. We're hearing the move of the spirit in our life and our church. And when you plan four months in advance, sometimes you might not hear what four months out was. And so it's okay to change this. I wouldn't publish this. I wouldn't say, hey, team, here's four months. You know, or if I did, I would just say, here's an email. Here's my plan for four months. And you know it's going to change probably, but here's an idea. And if it changed, it changed. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And um, they'll know a little bit more in advance. Um, the only way this works is if you have a strong song catalog and you follow everything Emily said, which I didn't hear everything, but I know what she was saying. Follow everything she said in terms of picking a strong song catalog because when you go to your four-month plan or your two-month or your one-month, you, you know there's only so many songs you're going to be able to do. If you're not doing that, there's no way you could do four months at a time. It would just be impossible. Okay, so, all right. Let's, let's, let's move on and save your questions. Page 38, song tracking for teams. This is just something you can do, and, and you can do it in your own way. This is a real, real, I never really used this one that I'm using. I, I began to use it, but I never finished it. But it's basically, see at the bottom I have three teams, and then each team has a set of songs that they're working on. You know, you can, you can break up it however you want. You can kind of put these teams, because I skill batched my teams very specifically. Some of the songs that Erod played, other teams wouldn't play. Some of the songs that my Wild Jam team was playing, I didn't want to play, so I didn't put them on my set list. I'm not saying I didn't like your songs, but, um, but uh, you know, we don't, some songs are in keys or I don't like them, but I want to have diversity in my teams and also consistency. So we would play some of their songs, but not all of them. And that's sort of, you kind of like let your teams grow like that. If, if this one team really latches onto this song, they're playing every couple weeks in church anyway. Let them play that song, let them have that song and let them play. So you can have separate song lists for your teams. 
to some point. But as the worship leader, your main team, you need to lead the other teams in your footsteps. Pull them along, help them pick songs. I don't advise letting three teams have three separate catalogs, if that's what it sounded like I was saying. But there may be a song that one of my teams was playing that I didn't play. And I liked it like that because then they sort of did it when they were up and the congregation responded well. And then I did one that I liked and you know, kind of, it gave some, you know, there's not that many worship songs out there that are good enough to play anyway. So it gave a little bit of flavor to the, to the teams. And there you have it. That's my take on band rotations. And I will tell you that recently we did do this at the church at Spring Hill. We were just a one main worship team rotating, but we had multiple worship leaders, but we were always rotating within the team. And um, this took about six months to implement. Now we have four full rotating bands, four drummers, four bass players, four worship leaders. And uh, we actually rotate our audio team, uh, our front of house team with the band. So the worship leaders can kind of choose the front of house guy they like to work with. And uh, that that really helps. Uh, Everybody gets to know each other. Um, This isn't going to work in every church, but it is a model that will help you go beyond just having all these random people rotating in your bands. And it will do wonderful things for you as a worship leader. If you're the worship leader or in the worship leadership team, this is probably the number one way to grow a thriving team team over a long period of time with many, many people. Um, it, it causes so many good things to happen in your team. If you have any questions about starting this or want to get into the nuances uh, of this related to your specific church, your team, contact me at worshipthekingcom slash support. Just go to the contact tab and let me know. I'd be happy to talk with you and help you create sort of a plan to implement rotating and uh, training in your church. That's worshipthekingcom I'm Eric Roberts. God bless you. I'm praying that you will have have great success and that these sessions, uh, especially this one, will give you that um, thought to think bigger and think further into the future and to think training and building your best team. God bless.